You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you guys have been having a great week. I most certainly have. I have been crazy busy doing a bunch of interviews for next month's sober february which is coming up shortly all of the interviews that i have conducted are absolutely amazing some of my guests are musicians that are sober that have recently become sober that have been sober for a very long time and their experiences with that i also have spoken to some non-alcoholic breweries up here from montreal but not only that i actually conducted an interview with someone who has a phd in nutritional science and we go into exactly what happens when you drink and what happens when you drink too much. I am super stoked about Sober February, which is coming up. On today's episode, I'm super stoked to be with another metal brewer. But before I introduce him, I must apologize because we had a slight audio glitch during the middle of this episode and uh, we didn't quite hear exactly what beer we were sharing. I tried to fix it while editing the episode but it didn't quite work out so I'm going to do that right now. Throughout this episode we are drinking saint Sublons Serie Oublani. It is a West Coast IPA. It was ultra crushable. It's hopped with Columbus Centennial Citra and Simcoe hops and it was fruity, slightly bitter and just madly crushable. Clocked in with a 6.4 ABV. So get ready, people. This is Vox and Hops episode number 223 with Sean Kevin Laplante from Saint Sublon. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I am with Sean Kevin Laplante of Saint-Sublon. I am super, super stoked to be with you today. I uh, have been a fan of your brewery since I just casually stumbled upon it. It's really one of those things that happened. I was getting into craft beer, and I was just walking around. I think I was in... It was the first one that I free, that I went to was in Côte des Neiges. Is really the, is the first one that I stumbled across. My wife was being followed at a birthing house in Maison Naissance in the area and I had a bit of time before we went to a, an appointment and I stumbled in there so and I was enjoyed the brews I like the whole concept of it and I was immediately hooked and then I just realized that you guys had more of them and I, I just have done a bunch of interviews at the one downtown notably with uh, Yuri Raymond very early on in the podcast we had an excellent chat there drinking your New England IPA I remember that very well and it came in a pitcher we were so happy <laughs> let's start with an easy question something that i like to throw at people it's easy yet complex how have you been coping with 2020 not so bad actually uh i've had a few uh, a few things to keep me busy which i think is really important for uh, this uh, weird 2020 but yeah actually like i i kind of like it I, I don't mind it i i stay at home play a few video games that's amazing. Uh, me too. I, I I am an introvert as much as I have to be an extrovert when it comes to performing and being on stage and, you know, doing everything that comes with being a touring musician. But at the core of myself, I'm very, very happy just staying home. <laughs> and luckily, there's a bunch of amazing <laughs> brews that have been coming out this year, notably a bunch of your brews that I'd like to talk about. Uh, something that I think is interesting, how, how has it been for the, the brewery? I know that 
Saint-Soublon is one of the only places that has three locations throughout Montreal. So, so that must have been a headache and a nightmare once the lockdown started happening. How, can you talk to me a bit about that? Yeah, actually, uh, it went with a uh, phase one, phase two kind of thing where like the on and off switch where uh, restaurants reopened. So our production really changed. It was uh, really uh, more on the keg side, kind of like toned it down a bit with the cans to get a bit more kegs for the restaurants. But then uh, it kind of bite us back uh, for a second wave where we had to re-switch again for uh, canning production to go a bit more uh, towards those. So yeah, it was a bit of a headache to, to manage all of those changes because most of the time we learned like uh, the news the same week as but like you know <laughs> beer like takes more than a week to do like all the process like it's this it was a headache a bit but still like we actually enjoy it we can still like all work at the brewery which is like great actually like to um to be able to to produce like all 100% for cans Actually, I really like producing for cans. Like it's hmm, that's interesting. See, that's, that's something I don't know about. What is the major difference between producing for a keg versus producing for a can? Well, it's just like the keg. We actually like take from the tank to put it in the in the keg. Well, like for the can, like it's actually like we've got a canning machine that just goes in, and like it's just like the final uh, step is different, but. I actually like to see cans actually when we're done like you see your palette full of cans and it's actually like a bit nicer than seeing a pile of cakes in my opinion uh how about on the creative side when you are going for cans versus for kegs do you guys do more experimental brews when you are kegging it because you don't need that brand yeah actually like we we like to do like funkier stuff for kegs it's actually easier that's uh, one of the big uh advantage of uh, being with saint Blanc is actually like we can test our beers at the restaurants first and then the ones that we see that we've got really nice feedbacks we can actually like put it on like for cans actually west coast ipa is the one that like it was tested in restaurants and people really liked it that's why like we knew that right when it was into cans like we already had feedbacks about it which kind of helps cool and i was very very stoked when you opened that new one on uh saint laurent street it's it's in a crazy hectic craft beer area though but but me being an uber craft beer dork and before the pandemic i like to do these pub crawls so so I have this perfect one planned when I'm allowed to do it, where I start at Zud Ciel, hit Cibois, make my way up to your guys' area, and do vice versa, saint Sublon, Bira, and then wrap up a Harry Can. I, that's just a, a monstrous <laughs> pub crawl. <laughs> that's hell of a ride, yeah. It's and when nice you guys one. did open up again, uh, right, my summer vacation started on the exact day that the tap room was open again, and I was there that very first day. At, at at the Saint Laurent nice. Saint Soublon, and I had a good time. It was really nice, and you guys had this uh, terrace that you guys had built, and, and my kids were just like running on it. It, it was it was it was a fun day. It was hot. It was very hot, but it was it was very <laughs> fun. Uh, speaking of that West Coast IPA, Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends and metal brewer friends and talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. Uh, talk to me about this beer that we're going to share today. Actually, uh, this beer, uh, well, it's an idea. We've done a, a double dry hop uh, to it. Actually, has a Columbus, Centennial, Citra, and Simcoe. So we really went for um, a really hoppy one, like to get a bit on the fruity side a bit. Um, 
Yeah, I really, really like it. It's really cool. It's it's got like that nice little uh, hoppy bite, that beautiful, beautiful West Coast tang. I I, I love it. I love it. I love it. What would have been your your very first beer? Do you remember your first beer, Sean Kevin? Well, uh, to drink was um, my father's old... uh, beer like uh, by the wiser laying around to the sun i yeah it wasn't like the worst <laughs> and i didn't touch it again for a while it was like my father actually laughed at it when i like he saw me like trying and like take to take that sip yeah because you know the whole uh. day where it's like you don't want to drink that like it's yeah i'm still like disgusting by it but um then uh, I come from Joliet, so um, L'Interlude, now known as L'Albion, like, was one of the spots where I actually like went and got my first beers. I wasn't like a big fan at first, which is like, but uh, I actually started by liking stouts. I really liked uh, those thick beers. I didn't like the the other lighter things at first. So that's yeah. awesome. And I really liked coffee, so it kind of like got into my jam. Very cool. Very cool. I, I want to hear your whole. Brewer story. How exactly did you end up brewing amazing beers? I started, um, I worked at Fraubassar, which is, I think, uh, one of the best schools to actually like, uh, learn the ropes for it. Uh, I started manager there for uh, almost two years. And I decided to switch. Um, one of my friends was brewing there, Graham, which is like an absolutely beast. Like he's an actually really, really good brewer. And, um, we hang out and have some uh, D&D nights, uh, enjoy some like craft beers. And I was like, geez, like I'd like to start brewing. Like if only like I had like a few like classes or something. It's like, dude, like just, just try it with Twaba side, like ask to be switched to be a, become a brewer. And like, you'll see like it. if it works, like you'll actually like, I think you'll enjoy it. And I actually like followed what he told me and I loved it. Like I actually really, really love my job as a brewer is, really fun and i switched to get more um creative content uh, at the saint Blanc. so i switch and now like it's actually really fun because um at the restaurants we have 24 uh rotating lines wow. which is like you brew whatever you want and you try whatever like what's on your mind and that's actually really fun to to not have those like limits that's true that's true and uh, was very cool i i definitely enjoyed going there at first but it's true that they are sort of limited with the styles that they can put out there because people they have so many i want to say they have so many uh, establishments and the beers sort of have to be the same except every establishment is allowed to have like their one special brew at the time i don't know if they're still doing that yeah but with the sites but with uh, Saint Cyprien, you can you can do whatever you want. What what would have been that first yeah. brew that you did do on your own that you were excited about and it was a success? Uh, would be um, I'd say it was at Saint Cyprien. Well, I had a good one where we I created one for the old port at uh, Trois Brasseurs. I did a white IPA. I really really enjoyed it. But I'd say like at Trois Brasseurs when we started to do a. Um, started like a series called Houblon 1 and so forth, like two, three, four, um, where we only like had fun with IPAs and like for whatever hops we kind of wanted and like thought it go well together. And like, we actually had a few of those that like, I really, really loved. And uh, we're looking forward to get those into cans. And uh, yeah, like it's actually really fun to, you know, you, you're just like messing around, like playing with the hops and like, oh, like I think like we, we should like tone it down like for that part and like go more on the dry hopper 
we actually really liked it. And uh, yeah, it's uh, like the first Toublon was one of my favorites uh, to start off. Very cool. What would have been one of these, because you could, you have no limitations at Saint-Soublon now with 24 taps in three establishments, uh, what would have been the most out there crazy brew that you have done? I'd say one of the craziest one was a sour stout, sour cherry stout we've done for, um, I think it was two years ago for St. Valentine's Day. We're looking forward to to have it like as a small batch to for this year's and uh, St. Valentine's Day, but uh, yeah, it was actually really really good. I really liked it, but I know it wasn't like everyone's cup of tea. Since, like <laughs> sour stouts isn't like the most popular kind of thing, but yeah, that's crazy. Where, where did that inspiration come from? Where where did you come up with that idea? It was like talking and drinking, and it just came out like <laughs> <laughs> like sour. You like stouts? Like let's do it together. Like. Like yeah. like all great ideas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Around the beer. <laughs> uh, something else that is very cool that that sort of must be very helpful for you guys during COVID is the fact that you guys can deliver beer because you guys have a great food menu. Yeah, a, yeah, lot, of, a lot of with the archaic Quebec beer laws and liquor laws, uh, it is crippling to a lot of craft beer establishments. But Saint Soublon, since the beginning, was automatically like, we can deliver you beer but you got to buy food to go with it. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's a good combo. Like the food's like exquisite. I think at the restaurants, like it's uh, like, yeah, I work for them. Like I like the food, but it's actually really, really good. And like, it's fun to actually like, I even order for myself, like, and I also deliver, like get my beer delivered, but still like, it's, I think it's a perfect duel where you're getting like beer shipped to your door. It's, I don't think uh, anyone can actually like, how can I say it? Turn around to this, like it's beer shipped at your door. Like you don't even need to work to, to, to walk to the depth here. <laughs> like you're right there. And it's good beer and it is good food. And the food comes because saint Blanc also has a farm. Yeah. So we've got a farm in Tapinoville. So most of the things we actually cook in the restaurants comes from the restaurants. So like we're really trying to, to be autosuffisant, like to, to all work, like, together so like our beers like mostly like uh, we're also prone, uh, proning uh, Quebec products so most of the time uh, the brewery is located at uh, Terrebonne and uh, we've got Houblon Bastien like five minutes away it's, like freshest hops ever like I text the guy he comes in with his van like drops me fresh bags and like we brew with those like the same day like I think it like plays a, a big role to it we really want to encourage locals so that's interesting. How, how different is it when you say that he comes with the fresh bag? Because every time that I've gone to see a brewery or helped out a brew, I always end up seeing these these pellets, these these, and they're frozen. So when they come with fresh hops, is it just really the flowers that Bastien brings to you, or is it reduced down to the pellets as well? Uh, the pellets. Okay. okay. So yeah, it's always a. Uh, we work mostly with pellets. We sometimes go with the flowers, but. It's like, more on the pellet side, yeah. Very cool. Very, very cool. Let's talk about uh, hype and lactose because having tried a bunch of your brews, I know that the, you guys favor the lactose. You guys like lactose. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what, talk to me about lactose and the use of lactose in saint Sublon beers and why there is so much. <laughs> we actually like it. Uh, it gives it like a bit of a thicker body, which is like what we wanted for uh, especially our Nipahs. So they kind of all had it. Uh, same with the milkshake IP. We actually like cranked it to 11 for that one, like on the, uh, the lactose side, just to, 
have like that really, really thick body. But um, usually it's for this and I have that sugar. Now for the, um, the nipas are like um, really fruity based. We've got Club Tropicana and Mango Suave, which are like really two good beers that have like strong um, fruity uh, taste to it. I think the lactose, yeah. I think the lactose really helps to to give it like a nice balance between hoppy, sugary, and fruity. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer, and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Where do you guys position yourselves on hype? Is it something that Saint-Soublon is interested in? Uh, all of these, you know, I don't want to name names, but we all know which breweries I'm talking about. When when the lineups around the, the, the block and people are pre-ordering and it's selling out, uh, is that something that Saint-Soublon is chasing? Something that you guys wish would happen? Or do you guys just want to make brews for yourselves? Um, I'd say a bit of both. Where, um we're actually like we worked on the uh, both IPAs. Like we started canning like really not too long ago. I that's true. We started in March, so it's actually really fresh. It's not been even a year yet, and um, it was hard to like live up to the hype where like we did the the brews that we already had planned. Like back in the days, we we're more on the NIPA side, and uh, we went towards the IPA. But we really wanted to have like great IPAs to to you know like you don't want to. You want to get known by your IPAs in a certain way. I know the hype's not necessarily like all around that, but still we wanted to get some really good IPAs to, to get on it. So we really may uh, put some focus on it. But then, uh, yeah, like there's, we need to catch the hype train and like get on it. But we actually also want to do our, our own brews where like the sour stout isn't like the side, like the hype train where we talk about, but um we still want to do it. It's like, that's the liberty we've got. It's actually wanting to. Yeah, you guys are absolutely right. You guys started canning right when the pandemic hit. That must have been, well, a, you know, getting a canning machine into the brewery at that timing is a miracle because I'm sure every brewery out there wanted to get a canning machine at that exact moment. So you guys were lucky. Well, we, we actually started mm -hmm. with, uh, we rented one. We had, um, services coming by to, to can 
but when we actually like got the canning machine like it's a game changer yes because i i have but, heard uh, i've heard that there's yeah we, it's a great business model whoever invented this i bring a canning machine into your brewery business genius but for the brewers sometimes the beer could use another few days in that fermenter before going into a can so you guys are a bit more stuck that you can't wait until the next guy the time the guy comes over or the the so so it's a bit of a, a double-edged sword but you need to get it in the can so you could sell it so so it must have been really cool to finally have your canning machine and you can can it whenever the beer is at its best it must have also been very stressful choosing which beers to launch with because you guys do have a proven brand with the three establishments and those have been open for many years and you've been making great great brews but when you finally get yourself onto a shelf at a craft beer store there's a massive amount of competition so so talk me through how you did choose those initial few brews uh, we went with the most popular to start off with, with like uh, the most popular beers we had at the restaurants, which is like I mentioned earlier, it's fun because we've got like a database there where like we actually know like people's feedback. Yeah, on tap is actually good to get some some ratings, but having like even more from the restaurants, I think it really helps. And um, like the IPA um, we worked on, like we didn't have much feedback on it. The IPDDH, so uh, it was really based on our taste. So like the the stress <laughs> level was a bit higher. Where like, are we actually like on the the right path for it? We wanted like a, ca- a classic IP. It's really cool, and it's only five point one percent. That 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 when I saw that one initially came out, I was very surprised by that because nobody is making IPAs hitting yeah. out of the five point one ABV. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I actually love it. I, it's my second baby. Like that's my. Uh, I have a I, my favorite brews that you guys make and I don't understand why you guys don't get more hype about it, are your sours. You guys make some of the best sour brews in Quebec right now. And uh, <laughs> let's talk about those. Uh, how, how do you guys approach making a sour? There's always yeah, yeah. A, an interesting fruit adjunct. I, I love it. Uh, yeah, actually, like uh, we went full on sour for the summer. Where uh, I know like um, most retailers, like I went to like uh, some of my local retailers and like, you know, I talked to them and they're like, oh, like you're mostly like sours. And that's like, that's why like we kind of want to, to push that back a bit and like go into like a more versatile thing. But we had a really nice um, eventai of sours where like we could like have different fruits and have fun a bit with uh with sours, we really loved our sour like to start off with, and that's the reason why we wanted to get some of those out for uh, for the summer. Um, there's like, uh, there's yeah, we've got like the the sour cassis framboise, which is like, I I really really love it, and uh, inspiration from it came like from Jules which is like, I I've always liked that one, and was always like in my big like summer beers i i rarely buy mm-hmm. twice the same beer i'm more of like the curious kind but that one like i always had a, a four pack in the fridge just that you know like people coming over you know they'll love it like it's a really nice and easygoing beer and we wanted to get something similar so that, beautiful yes scarlet red unbelievable how, how often do you think breweries do that where they're, they're directly inspired from another brewery or another brew that they've discovered and they go and they try to make their version of it i think i think more often than not people are probably sometimes like shy to say where they got their inspiration or like uh, but i think it's important to like i think it's a yeah there's a lot of competition in the brewery but i think 
there's a lot of helping also going on. Uh, our neighbor is Riso Noir, and like if we're missing something, like they've got our back, and if they're missing something, we've got their back. Like that's the kind of uh, think uh, chemistry. Like. I like to to get. That's a, it's it translates just so well into the world of music, because we are definitely inspired by other bands all the time. Yeah, and then we want to one up them, or we want to take that little element and and make it our own. And it's the same thing as in the helping hand. My friends right here. This is a perfect example. Panzerfaust. We were on tour in Canada together. They had a horrible accident in the Rocky Mountains, crossing over into Calgary. And uh, luckily, they were all fine, but their gear, everything ruined. So the next gig that they made, we all lent them our equipment. It's 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 exactly such a translation translation between the breweries and the metal, and I love it. And the more that I speak to brewers, the more that I see that there is a correlation between the metal world and the brewery world, and I love it. Yeah, uh, and actually, like to see your podcast, like combining both of them, it's. So it's there. <laughs> and it works, and it works, which leads me to my next question. It's Vox and Hoff, so I have to ask, do you ever listen to metal? Have you ever listened to metal? And if you do listen to metal, what bands do you listen to? Yes, yes, and uh, a lot of bands. Uh, actually, like I um, I listen to your podcast with uh, Demi Borg here. Oh, very Jesus. cool. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to get on a show where like they're on, like, Jesus, like, I'm I'm actually really really uh, happy with it. Like I actually got my nose broken on one of their songs, which is like I, I actually really really love metal music, and I've always been into it. Um, I'd say like uh, some of the bands that I really liked was like Kimi Borgir. I started listening to I'd say like my first bands that were Trivium, Kimi Borgir, and like Hammerfall were like three of my uh, big pillars at the start and then like you know you start learning about metal music and then you just go in all those branches like and i um necrogoblican is another one i really love Uh, there's polkadokadaver also which is oh yeah i i learned about them like seeing corpulcani corpulcani in quebec city and i got to to know that band and i think it was one of the best uh, the best show I've seen since like the guys knew how to perform and like the energy they drove was insane. And like Polkadot Cadaver, like that's off. Like absolutely good. Very cool. And also like in 2020, like they remastered one of their old albums. 2020 isn't good, but I've got this. (laughs) I like, I won't complain. (laughs) How about when you guys are brewing, what is your brewer playlist? Is there some metal on that? How do the other brewers accept your metal passion? Um, I'd say I'm mostly the only one that listens to metal. So like on my weekend brews, I like to go uh, to come in and like have a nice and alone brew where I put whatever I, I put in. Uh, I'd say this weekend I put on an Opeth, which is like Sorceress. Is like oh, yeah. Such a good album. And I think it's the kind of album you need to listen from A to Z and you can just like pinpoint a, a song and like actually just listen to that one so that's what i like about brewing where like just doing your things and like sometimes like the music kind of goes along with what you do like i love it uh opeth actually like is one of the the bands i put on uh, most of the time since like i've got time to listen to the entire album or like sometime on the car ride like i won't have time to listen to the entire one so like i'll just like bring some random songs 
or else like uh, I know like the guys like to listen to funk and like we've got like we've got like a lot of things playing on the brewery and like sometimes they come in and they like their Spotify playlist is like crowded with like Zelda OSTs and like yeah that's like I, I go from like one to the other but I like to get some ambient music because most of the time you're like really focused on something just want something in the background like actually to that's awesome I love it I love it and Opeth rules love Opeth uh, if you could I'm not sure has Saint Soublon done any collaborative brews yet no not yet uh, well we got like for the restaurants but uh, not yet in cans. Rousseau Noir seems to be the one that would make the most sense to me, since you guys are so close. But if you could, and if you could do a, a collaborative brew with any brewer out there, who would be that dream collab team for you? That's, uh, that's a hard one. Usually you ask for metal bands, but uh, I'd say for another brewery, um, I, it's hard to say, like I've always respected Jutsiel, I think they're a pillar of our industry. Like it's, and I think it could be like a really great honor, like as the podcast is like to be invited here. But I think Jutsiel would be like really, really a nice, uh, I know it's not like the the most hipster thing to to say, like it's not like the niche ones, but they're actually the ones with like a lot of expertise. And I think to learn from them, like they're actually like, they've got the big guns, like they've got the. the, They crafted the way, you know, there's, there's a few pinnacle craft beer breweries out there that have crafted the way for Quebec beer and I have been citing the wrong person as the first person for many many (laughs) episodes I'm going to correct that now and I'm going to correct it again when I get him on the podcast which I'm striving to do Uh, Cheval Blanc was the first I've been saying I've been (laughs) saying Unibrew for a long time on the podcast I was wrong Cheval Blanc is is a pioneer Ziel, uh, absolutely Unibrew, of course, but Ziel uh, is amazing, and I still think they're amazing. And you know, when when La Moralité is basically a collab brew with the Alchemist, I'm from Joliet, so it goes with it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, now to the classic uh, <laughs> question: If you could do a collab with a band, what band would that be, and and what would you call it, and what style would it be? I, I since I really like Paul Cadaver, I. It's less on the ethical um, side, but they've got a song called Last Call in Jonestown. And I always thought that like getting like a really hard like beer, 10 and up percent called Last Call in Jonestown could be really, really good. Or like something more on uh, (laughs) sacrilegious stout from Demi Borgir or like... I love it. Yeah, like... Uh, <laughs> Sean, Kevin, it probably never happens to you because you're very in control and you know what's going on. Uh, one last question for you. What is your hangover cure? Um, I used to uh, get some Jager bombs <laughs> as a like Red Bull, but like getting into a drink. So you put like some Jager in it and just like put your entire Red Bull in it. I don't think I can do it anymore. Like uh, and right now, I'd say like a glass of water for every beer you drink really, really helps. But uh, <laughs> we always forget. We always like, like it's, we all know it. Like the glass of water, it's like really famous, but no one does it. I try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also try. Like my two first ones, they're like really good, but like then you forget the other ones, and you're getting into shots and then. <laughs> You're elsewhere. Sean, Kevin, thank you so, so much for taking the time to sit down with me, share a brew, have a chat, talk about your life, music and brewing, amazing craft beers. I, I truly, truly appreciate it. 
And I want everybody out there to please go support Saint Sublon. They make some amazing brews, and I'm excited to see what their second year canning brews brings the Quebec craft beer market. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers, mate. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. What an excellent chat with Sean Kevin. I love hanging out with metal brewers. As you all know, I consider brewers my rock stars. I have the chance of hanging out with musicians all the time, and I hang out with a bunch of them. I've toured with a bunch of amazing people, so I rarely become starstruck. But when I hang out with a brewer of a brewery that I actually buy and enjoy, I get that same feeling that I used to get when I started touring. So, so I love St. Sublime. I have for a very long time and Sean Kevin is very very cool and it's super cool that he's a metalhead. I love that very much and I love this conversation and I'm super stoked to see what Saint Sublon comes up with in 2021. If you enjoyed this Fox and Hops episode you should most definitely subscribe to it on the podcast platform of your choice but not only that you should take the time to rate it and write a review because if you do that more people just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox and Hops podcast. Vox and Hops is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I will be back next week with two episodes but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers vox and hops heads hey what's up my name's lurk and i'm the host of lamb goats van flip podcast every week i have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene big and small we also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well so come check out lamb goats van flip podcast